welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 280, the first turkey hunt of 2020. And I am your co-host and the guy who may or may not have heard some turkeys gobble this past weekend and may or may not have seen some turkeys this past weekend and may or may not have found quite a bit of turkey sign while scouting this weekend. And I am your co-host and the guy who is now a certified Grand Slammer. The Grand Slam Cameron. That is me. I would like to be referred to that from this day forward. Would you like for me to refer to you as Senor Grande Slammer? Yes, that that would work. <laughs> that'll, that'll do it. So congrats to you, man. You know, from previous conversations that we've had, I know it's something you wanted to check off the list, but it doesn't really mean a whole lot to you. It is not the number one goal that you want to accomplish. The number one goal you want to accomplish is the Super Slam. Exactly. I honestly was considering hunting Easterns in Florida just because yeah. I didn't really care. But I did end up wanting to chase the Osceola, so I went and got my first one. So that'll be a Grand Slam. And pretty cool to say I've done it. I did enjoy, you know, chasing a new subspecies is always fun. They live in a very interesting habitat and that's probably my favorite part is just chasing turkeys in different types of habitat so that was yeah that was a good time <laughs> no doubt you know i've said it a bunch of times there's just this mystique around the osceola i know i think it a lot of it's got to do with the habitat yeah i think so and i think that's what i like the most about it you know they're they live in <laughs> knee-deep water yeah with crocogators plenty of them and they it's so thick what areas are not wet are extremely thick if they haven't been cleared out for cow pastures and you know fires haven't kept them as savanna land grassland and if they're not orange orchards so i don't know man i i just i love hunting osceolas yeah you know that habitat is that is a big part of it. I mean, it's just unlike anything else. They like those big cypress trees and 
they literally are just birds that love water and they'll cross water a lot easier it seemed like than an eastern bird would ever do and you're you're gonna be probably getting wet when you're chasing the osceola yeah well cool well i'm looking forward to hearing more about your hunt because i have yet to hear the story so this will be the first time that i've heard the story about your hunt and i'm pretty excited about it i know you texted me and called me after you killed and you were pretty darn excited yourself man yeah i was absolutely pumped i mean that was a long drive a big time commitment financial commitment so i mean a lot went into it and a lot of brain racking and stuff and then to finally be able to check florida off the list was just a big deal for me and i got to do it a month before i would have been able to hunt if i just started in tennessee yeah that's always nice yeah that's a big deal yeah absolutely satisfy that craving so i need to tell you about my scouting experience yeah exactly tell me about your turkeys yeah so we had a beautiful weather weekend in alabama for probably the first time in i don't know what seems like six months but i know it's only been probably i don't know if, if we've been a Saturday and Sunday with no rain on either day this entire year. But Mm. anyway, beautiful weather Saturday and beautiful weather on Sunday. And I got out, did a little scouting. I did get some turkeys located, saw some turkeys, heard a couple of them gobble, saw a fair amount of sign, and I wore out my phone battery marking spots on Onyx. Mm -hmm. And that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. Absolutely. So right now we are nine days, 11 hours, 53 minutes, and 13 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. And we are currently two days, 11 hours, 40 minutes, and 31 seconds from opening morning in Mississippi, which is my next destination. Sweet. So you have one day left on your annual Mississippi license? Two. Two Remember last year, you had to hunt opening day without me. And so I bought a license on the 16th. And this year, their season comes in on the 14th. So that worked out nicely. Yes, indeed. Very cool. So you slipping down to Mississippi to hunt public land? I'm not. I'm actually hunting with a fellow down there who uh, reached out to me. He's He's from Florida, actually, but he has some land he hunts in Mississippi, and he invited me to come hang out with him. He actually is an acquaintance of a girl that was in my wedding, so we know each other indirectly, I guess, but I've never met him. So we're going to go Saturday morning and kill a couple Mississippi gobblers. Should be a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, hopefully you'll have some more audio from those hunts, but you got some for us today from your hunt in florida absolutely it's pretty darn good audio if i don't say so myself i think <laughs> this week's episode is going to be not quite as action-packed it is a typical early morning turkey hunt but next week's episode y'all be ready for some audio because it's going to come at you hard it's intense it's loud lots of audio and it ends well <laughs> Good deal. So before we get to the audio from your hunt from this past weekend, let's do a little housekeeping. What do you say? Absolutely. We got some announcements to make. Yes, we do. So I want to remind you guys that we have the NWTF membership 
turkey call giveaway where all you need to do to enter to win the Zinc Calls Thunder Ridge Slate is join the NWTF if you are not already a member. Join the NWTF and email me your membership confirmation that the NWTF sends out once you join. And when you send that to me, we're going to take these registrations through the end of March. So March 31. And on April 1, I'm going to say, Cameron, pick a number between 1 and X. That X is going to be the number of entries that we have. Cameron's going to pick a number. And that person is going to win the Thunder Ridge Slate from Zinc Calls. And, you know, normally I would play this call for you guys, but I can't because it's all packaged up neat and pretty. And I'm not cutting into the packaging to send it to you. But I'm going to say this. I've said it last week. I said it the week before. There are not going to be a bunch of entries for this giveaway. So your chances of winning this call are going to be pretty good. All you've got to do is join the NWTF. The annual membership is $35 a year. And you'll be doing some good by joining the NWTF. You're going to get all of the benefits of joining the NWTF. And you're going to have a really good chance of winning this call. So... Get your entries in for that. You're going to need to email that confirmation from the NWTF to me to andy at imturkeyhunting.com. All right. The next announcement that I have, speaking of turkey calls. Cameron, remember when you edited last week's interview that I did with Preston and you joined us for a brief period of time? Yes, I do remember that. You remember how Preston started out the interview offering to do a little prize for a contest. Yeah, not a little mm-hmm. prize, a pretty nice one. Yeah, it is a pretty nice one, no doubt. So he basically left it up to me and you to decide how we want to give this call away. And I think we've decided. Absolutely. I think we got a, a fun, entertaining, and skill-based competition ahead. It is. So, the prize, because really, isn't that what we're interested in, is the prize? The prize. The prize is a custom engraved, one of one. No one else in the world will have a call like this call except you. Pittman Game Calls Box Call. He is going to have this call laser engraved however you want it engraved. And you will be the only person that will have one like it. And so what you need to do to win this call is you need to sound like an owl. So I've got my cell phone here and I am opening it up. I am opening the camera. I am turning it around so that it's in selfie mode. I'm putting it on video. I'm pressing record and I am going to hoot like an owl. And Cameron and I want you to give us your best natural voice, Owl Hoot. Natural voice only. Natural voice only. Remember after the NWTF convention when I said I was a little disappointed in the Owl Hooting contest because there were just a handful of natural voice hooters that entered the contest. This is all natural, baby. 
all natural. All natural. Yes, sir. So let's hear it. I want realistic owls. I don't, you know, you don't have to be fancy. What I'm wanting to hear as one of the judges of this contest is what I feel like sounds like an owl in the woods. They don't have to give all the laughing and... Yeah, you don't have to get the... You don't have to do all that. You can throw it in there if you want to, though. How about a screech? None of that is required, is it? No, it's not required, but if it can be used. Anything. I just want to hear... I want it to sound like what it sounds like when the woods wake up and that owl hoots. That's what I want to hear. A real owl. So there may be a little bit of controversy in judging this because if you can make me laugh with your owl hoot, I might say that you win. (laughs) And if Cameron and I have a split decision... On who wins, Preston Pittman's going to be the tiebreaker and choose between my pick and Cameron's pick. So your owl hoot could be picked by Preston Pittman himself. I like it. It's a fun competition. Heck yeah. And then the man's going to make you a custom one-of-one turkey call. All right, Andy. I'm convinced. How do I enter? Okay. All right. All right. So what you need to do is that video that you take of yourself owl hooting you need to put it on facebook and or instagram if you put it on both that's great you put it on only one of those two that's great you're still in but you have to tag me and cameron if you put it on instagram yep i like it if you put it on facebook you have to tag the turkey hunter podcast's facebook fan page which is Facebook.com slash I am turkey hunting. So you need to tag at I am turkey hunting in your post. And it's not going to hurt to say this is my entry for the at I am turkey hunting owl hooting contest. Put that on there. Your video is going to be out there for us to see. If you do not tag us, we will not see your entry and you are not entered. So you have to tag us. Cameron, what is your handle on Instagram? My Instagram is at thegobfather49. So if you will tag me on Instagram with your owl hooting, and it doesn't have to just be a selfie. If you're out scouting and you think you're really sounding like an owl, do your owl hoot right then. Hopefully a turkey gobbles right at the end of it. Mm. I wouldn't mind hearing that as well. So just a thought. At the Gobfather 49 is my Instagram. If you will tag me in your video, I will have it submitted into the contest and you could win the one of one Preston Pittman custom call. If you also want to tag me in your Instagram post, my Instagram handle is at the Turkey Hunter Podcast. Yep, that is you. And you want to put something in there again, this is my entry. For the Turkey Hunter Podcast Owl Hooting Contest. Yeah, please say that so we know that that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, because we won't know if you don't put that in there. No, seriously, yeah. you tag us and it's a video of you owl hooting. We're going to have a pretty good idea, but no one else will. Yeah, yeah, and go ahead and put that in there for you sure. You may look a little silly just videoing yourself owl hooting and putting it out there on social media without explaining to people what it is. 
I don't know. Maybe you won't. So I think that'll be fun. As something I've been wanting to do for two or three years, Preston has offered two or three times to do this for me, and I just never have done the contest. But now Preston has thrown it out there on a podcast interview, and I can't just leave it hanging. We've got to do something with it. So there it is. All right. Also, I just want to remind everybody, because this is going forward, this week's episode, which is the audio from my hunt in Florida, you are going to want to hear the whole thing. And if not this week, next week, you're definitely going to want to hear the whole thing. You can purchase a single episode. So it's $1 and you can hear the whole interview. The audio from the hunt will be played and then post audio from the hunt and throughout the hunt you're going to hear why decisions were made that were made that led to the successes on the hunt so i think that would be well worth your time and your dollar investment so just reminding you that this is an option so andy can you tell us how people can pay for a single episode all they need to do is go to the turkey hunter podcast.com and in the list of podcast episodes that pull up there's going to be an episode numbered 280PS, 280 Premium Single. And that is the episode. If you click on that episode, that's the one that'll bring up the basically the Pay Now button where you can enter your credit card information and charge the 99 cents for the episode under your card. You can listen to the entire episode for a buck. And we're going to do this, like Cameron said, going forward. So all of our hunts going forward for the rest of this season, you're going to be able to hear the entire episode if you do not want to subscribe to the annual subscription, the premium subscription. So Absolutely. So if you want to be a part of some turkey killing action, you can buy that episode. So I think you're going to be pretty fired up about it, especially, I'm just telling you all, next week's episode, I'm really excited about the audio is unbelievable. But this week... We also have some really good audio, and I think you're going to enjoy it. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Paint me the picture of where you are. What does this habitat look like where you're hunting in Florida? And I'm not asking you to give me the the GPS location. I'm yeah, not yeah. asking you to tell me the name of the place that you're hunting. Just paint me a picture. What is the habitat like? All right, so... If you subscribe as a premium subscriber, I'll release the GPS coordinates in the second half. But um, are you seriously going to do that? No, I'm actually not going to do that. But (laughs) anyway, just a little tidbit there. If you want to subscribe, you know, I might slip up one of these days. I seriously doubt it, but who knows? I was in the Cypress Swamps of Florida. It is, you can tell water has been where we were Mm -hmm. and has receded. And there's cypress trees, cypress knees. I mean, you, you actually have to be very careful walking in the dark as if you if you slipped, you could seriously bust your rib cage or nose up if you fell on one of those cypress knees. And there's lots of lush grass vegetation on the ground. And it there's little oak hammocks throughout is the best way to describe it. There's small yeah. patches of, of kind of scrub oak and you'll see acorns all over the ground. And I, I think that's a big food source for those turkeys. So there's no fields. There's no, there's nothing but Cypress swamp kind of where, where we are now there's fields all over the place surrounding it, but I'm in the specific spot we're set up for this hunt. It is woods. This is a woods Turkey. So 
to paint the picture, I am set up 50 yards behind John, who is my accomplice on this hunt. And we had flipped a coin. He won. So he's shooting first. So I'm calling. So I'm set up on a giant cypress tree about 50 yards behind him. And he's sitting on a cypress tree. And we had found... So let me kind of dive into it. We went down to Florida. I drove all the way down there. It was 15 hours by myself, which was kind of intense. I got there at 345 in the morning. Mm. He was already there. He was asleep. And I just sat in the car and went to sleep and had my alarm set for 445. So I got up an hour later. We hiked three and a half miles and split up about 500 yards apart to listen. Not very far apart, but in Florida, you can't hear turkeys very far, which we find out on morning one. I hear nothing. John hears three different birds gobble, and he's only 500 yards from me. And one of them, he said, was in my direction. So you really can't hear very far. So that's a limiting factor of the Osceola. I mean, people say they don't gobble much. I think the problem is you just can't hear him half the time. Yeah. So we hear three. He hears three different birds, and two are pretty good ways off. One he was right under. So we kind of know where some turkeys are now. And we scout for the remaining, the remainder of the day on Friday, find some turkey sign, kind of start figuring the area out, how to hunt it, that kind of thing. And so Friday night, we're walking and we spot a Jake, which at first looked like a gobbler. And we see him and he's with some more turkeys. I don't know what they were, may have been Jake's, may have been another gobbler, may have been hens. But they go, what we end up sitting there and they walked in the woods and I hear them fly up. So. To see if there's a gobbler, I begin owl hooting and nothing responds, nothing responds. So I coyote howl and nothing responds. And I did this three or four times and I even gobbled and nothing responds. So I told John, all right, we're running out of time here. It's about to be pitch dark. As quickly as we can move, let's get up two to 300 yards further and I'm going to continue to coyote howl and let's just keep doing that so we're covering as much ground as possible. So we did that twice and on the second time i did it and we heard a bird gobble and we went in a little closer and he gobbled and he gobbled and he gobbled he probably gobbled 20 times i mean he's gobbling in pitch black dark yeah and so we had him pegged in the exact tree that he was in and broke out our flashlights once it got dark knew we wouldn't sketch him out just because it's already dark he doesn't really care he's just going to sleep so we went in there near where he was probably got within 80 yards of this turkey and looked at what the terrain looked like and what we needed to do. And this was a big part of why we killed this bird, I think, because we found an area where the cypress trees were really spaced out, so it made almost a grass opening, and the grass wasn't very tall. And so we decided, I bet this is the meeting place. Like, this is where he's going to want to come down and strut first thing in the morning. And so we we found the exact tree John was going to sit on, and then I was going to set up 50 yards behind him and that's how friday night went so then we camped out we actually hiked all of our gear in there and camped out in the woods with them and so next morning we go in there and sit down really early and in this first clip i'm gonna while on the hunt i mean this is when we're sitting down in this first clip i'm gonna let it play and describe the scenario from what i was seeing while i'm sitting there so a lot of that's going to repeat what I just told you. And it's just going to be a better description because this was actually me sitting in the spot. So hey, here's be- this. Before before you play that, I have a question. 
So you brought your gear, you and John brought your gear into that area and camped in there. How far away from this roosted turkey did you camp? Three quarters of a mile. Okay. So we used hammocks and slept in hammocks that night. We didn't want to be very close to the water. We probably could have camped a little closer, but there was a lot of alligators, and we just decided to be on more of a dry area. (laughs) Okay. I'm not judging you. Okay. Yeah. So... All right, cool. Well, I want to hear the explanation of what's going on, so play that yes. for me. So here's this first clip, and this is me just sitting on the tree before the first morning of spring turkey season in Florida. All right, guys. I'm in South Florida. Today is opening day of turkey season for 2020. Last night we roasted a turkey and he gobbled probably 20 times on the roost. He was eating a coyote howl up. So right now I'm with my buddy John. So John's going to shoot him today. So right now it's a giant cypress swamp. I mean, just cypress trees and knees everywhere. Pretty tall grass underneath. But there's one opening, probably a half acre. Looks like a great spot. Right between us and the turkey. So, we got here super early. The birds hadn't even woke up yet. And John is sitting on the opening. And I'm sitting 50 yards behind him. So when I get to call on that turkey should. Oh, I forgot to mention. He's roosted over the creek. So I usually don't tree call. But in this situation, I'm going to call to him in the tree just a little bit. And see if I can influence him to fly down on our side of the creek. And at that point... I'll probably call a little more and see if I can get him to come up. And he ought to come to that opening and John should be able to shoot him. So, all I'm planning to do is sound like a hen in a tree. If he answers me, then we're good. And then I'm probably going to do some wing flaps like I flew down. may do some just purring and soft yelps on the ground, but we're probably, I, I would think I'm maybe 130 yards from him. John's probably 80 to 90 yards from him. So we're on a great setup. It looks like the place he ought to be coming, but it's our first morning in South Florida, so we're going to have to learn how to hunt him here. But it would be pretty nice to start it off with one. This will be the first time I ever yelp to an Osceola turkey. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they like it. We're going to find out here in a little bit. All right, so there's the description. There's. Now, a... I'm going to stop you again. Okay. How long before the first gobble? Were you sitting against the tree that you wanted to be sitting against? Probably 40 minutes. 
Excellent. Okay. So we're going to cut out, you know, we're not going to make everybody sit here and listen to 40 minutes of uh, the woods waking up, but we're going to leave a little bit of that audio of uh, hearing the birds and everything waking up, crows and everything else. But just know there's about a 30 minute gap between that clip and what's to come. So there's the description. I think the, the key to this whole scenario was the scouting the day before and the coyote howl. And a lot of people don't roost turkeys for some reason, but you can go ahead and take this down. It works. I mean, it doesn't work every time, but it gives you a big advantage if you know what tree's in. So no doubt. So next we'll we'll move into the early morning. So you guys are going to get to join me as sunrise begins to break on the first day of spring turkey season for adults. So here it is. First sunrise 2020. Thank you, Lord. It's really cold for down here. It's probably 42 degrees. It was hot yesterday. It got cold. Clear as a bell. They ought to be gobbling good this morning.
All right, so y'all got to hear some gobbling. I think you'll be able to hear the turkeys in the distance gobbling. Those are the ones we actually end up going to in next week's episode. But there at the end of that clip, you heard a gobble a little bit closer, and you heard me say, there's our boy. So the turkey that we're hunting, even though he was very vocal the evening before, he only gobbled one time on the limb, and that was it. So the other turkeys that were gobbling were lighting it up. I mean, they just were tearing it up. And this bird only gobbled one time. So the game plan, and this was discussed the night before, this turkey was roosted over water. And he could have pitched on the other side of the water or to our side of the water. He was out in the middle of the water. And I had talked to John, and we had sat down and discussed, and... I don't typically call to turkeys in the tree. I know a lot of people that have success with it, but I usually don't do it. I've had too many of them sit up there till 9.30, and I didn't want to sit there for three hours to have him pitch the other way and run off because he knows a hen isn't coming at that point. Mm -hmm. So in this next part, what we discussed the day before is I'm going to tree call to this bird because I wanted this bird to think the hens were on this side of the water. And I wanted his attention to be on us. So I decided the night before and talked about it with John, there was going to be some light tree calling. So I start out really light tree calling and just little sleepy kind of yelps. And they sound a lot louder than they really were because the microphone is right next to my mouth. So just know that it, they're, they're very soft. And... He never responds. You'll hear that in here. He never responds. There's little bubble clucks and tree yelping. He never responds. So I decide it's time to step the game up. So you'll hear I kind of escalate things. I begin getting a little louder, some sharper cuts, and then I'll do a fly down. I'll beat that wing, and I'll do a fly down cackle, and then I acted like another turkey flew down. I was using an actual turkey wing to simulate that. He never said a word to any of it. Hmm. And so that is kind of dismaying to me at that point. Yeah. But let's get in there. And at the end of this clip, if you'll listen closely, you're going to hear him fly down very soon after I did my second fly down. So I flew down. You'll hear the first hen's going to fly down. Then she's feeding on the ground some wines, some, some purrs, some yelps. And then another bird flies down, which is all me. And then you're going to hear very soon after wing beats, he just flew down. And that signaled to me, he's been hearing me this whole time. I don't know why he's not gobbling at it, but he's he's been hearing it. And he comes down. So check this out.
just flew to hell. Bird is on the ground. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He's close. I mean, if you can hear the wing beats, he's not far off, especially in that Florida humidity and foliage that's so thick. He's not far. So he flies down, and I hear a hen yelp a few times. And to be honest, there's a lot of times where I would have swapped my focus to her, but she was to my right and kind of back a little bit, and I believed... I could get that turkey's attention and bring him to me before she got in the mix. So the gobbler has hit the ground, and he's never responded with a single gobble to me. And so I continue feeding, clucking, purring, just a content hen that's right there feeding around. And then I hit him with a series of yelps, and he cuts me off. Now, how far was the hen from you? How far kind of behind the you? The hen was- is directly to my right whereas the gobbler is to my directly in front of me i'm right between he's right beyond john who is between me and the turkey and the hen is probably a hundred yards to my right and the gobbler is what i would perceive to be 120 yards from me so maybe 80 yards from john but he's in the woods so uh john said he could see some visuals but it wasn't real clear. You know, you'd see little movements every now and then of the turkey. And the hen, I don't think she ever got to meet up with the gobbler, but I believe she was on her way over there. So anyway, he hits the ground. I'm still acting like a a content hen where I am. And then I step it up and hit him with some pretty hard yelps, and he cut me off. And at that point, I'm thinking, all right, we're in this thing. He's been hearing all this commotion over here that I've been causing. And now he's finally acknowledged me. So in the audio, you're going to hear him gobble, but it's kind of muffled because he gobbles right on top of me. I mean, it's during that series of yelps, which is when you're a hunter, that's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. So that happens. I continue calling. I actually call quite a bit in, in this session. So the main part I'd like to point out, I'll point out after I play this clip. And so we're going to let this play to after some calling and let him you'll hear him gobble in this session and and then we'll discuss what happens after the whole hunt because from here forward he's on the ground this is the part you know closing the distance we got him coming and here's how it played out Just cut me off. 
Osceola turkey that I've ever yelped to. First one ever even heard. John killed him stone dead at 13 steps. So he couldn't let him get any closer? He was close. I mean close. (laughs) I I will tell you, I don't know if you'll be able to hear it in the audio, but that turkey started drumming. And when he started drumming, it sounded so close that I thought he's gotten past John somehow. And I'm sitting there with my gun on my lap. You know, yeah. I'm like, he, he's past him. Like, I have got to get my gun up because this turkey's past him and I'm going to have to kill him. But then John shot him. And so that let me know he had not made it past him. Yeah. So one thing I'd like to point out is you hear, I think the most critical part of it, I believe the turkey was coming anyway, but you hear, go listen to it again if you need to, but you hear me yelp pretty hard. And he cuts me off. And as soon as he cut me off, you hear me go, pop, 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 yap, 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 yap. And he cut me off again in that. And I think what I said to him is, hey, where are you? And then he gobbled and I got really excited. Oh my gosh, there you are. Come on. And he liked that a lot because within 30 seconds, as you heard, you hear me say, I hear him drumming and he's close. He closed the distance quick at that point. Mm-hmm. And I really think that me answering him as it excited him, because I know there's another hen in the area. So I want him to think I am the one who's, you know, ready to go, if you know exactly. what I mean. Yeah. First thing off the limb and answering him saying, you know, I'm receptive right now. And I think it got him really excited. And that's what helped him close the distance. So there's a little something I did. And I mean, uh, y'all can send me messages or whatever saying I call too much or whatever, but we killed a turkey. So <laughs> it's hard to say you call too much when there's a dead bird laying on the ground. There's people still say it, you know, I mean, the, there, and I, I mean, there's a lot of turkeys killed by the people who call every 15 minutes and, and don't ever say anything else and one cluck or something, you know, but in that scenario, I know I'm competing with other hens and it was time to lay it on him. And he wasn't exactly losing his mind with gobbling either. So I wanted him to answer me a couple of times to make sure he understood what was going on. And, and it you can just, if you list it, you can tell it turned to a two-way conversation of I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm over here. And they were closing the distance. And that's what got him killed. So he turned out to be a two-year-old bird. He had, you know, nice spurs. He had a beautiful beard, gorgeous Osceola gobbler. But he was a two-year-old bird, and so I believe 
the reason he wasn't gobbling on the limb is he didn't want to draw attention to himself over there. Mm-hmm. There's another bird in there, the one we hear in the distance, the one who we meet next week. But he's the subdominant turkey, so he doesn't want any attention. You know, he wants to be the guy who slips over there and finds this receptive hen without bringing in old big boy who's going to whoop him again. And that explained a lot once we found out it was a two-year-old turkey as to why he wasn't answering anything on the limb. Yeah, yeah. You know, what you said about people saying that you call too much, people that only call every 15 minutes, I think that the best turkey hunters out there are the ones that can adjust to the situation that they're presented with because not every turkey is the same. And the same turkey is not in the same mood from minute exactly. to minute. So, yeah. you know, in order to truly develop as a turkey hunter, we have to be able to adjust. We have to move our excitement, our intensity, our volume of calling to fit that gobbler that we're calling to. And so, you know, you say that, but the best turkey hunters I know are the ones that are able to adjust on the fly. And what they do this second may be different than what they do 60 seconds from now. Yes. The way my brain was thinking in that situation is, at first, is I'm the only game in town. And as soon as I heard that other hen who's in the same woods as me, I realize I'm competing for this gobbler's attention right now. If I'm sitting over here silent for 15 minutes and she's over there going crazy, who's he going to go to? Mm-hmm. So I want to be the one who sounds like excited and just super energetic and ready to conquer the day with him because that's who he's want to he's going to want to go hang out with, you know. Yeah. So the, the other part of it is too, we weren't sitting there with her. Obviously, I'm in Birmingham. You're right mm-hmm. there. You know, sixty, seventy-five yards, eighty yards from her, however far away you are, you can't hear her. But I just about would guarantee you she's making sound. Oh, exactly. Every, she only yelped kind of loud every now and then. but Yeah, but she's purring. She's soft clucks, and he can hear that. Yes. He can hear it even though we, the hunter, cannot hear it. And because of that, when you're not the only game in town, I think you do have to be a little bit more vocal. Now, mm-hmm. if he's with the competition, then I think, strategy's got to change some yeah exactly but i never heard a hen with him right i heard her to the right and he's in front of me so it's kind of like a triangle i got mr gobbler's the point in the top i'm on the left she's on the right he's got a decision to make if she's not running to him i mean there's a lot of times where he sits there and doesn't do anything and the hen will go to him but at this point i'm thinking he may come to me he may go to her I want to sound excited. I want to sound receptive. I want to sound sexually ready. And that's, I mean, that's that's what he's wanting. It's spring. So he's going to come to me if I can help it. Yeah. And so it made me feel pretty good because I know there's another hen in the area and he chose me. So obviously I sounded like a hen to him. Yeah. That made me out. feel pretty good. So yeah. I think a lot of things went into this. The I'll just kind of go through them as a bullet point almost. Roosting the turkey. After it gets dark, we examined the area around the turkey. We knew a good-looking spot where it looked like a turkey would want to come when he flies down. We thought through the calling process. I mean, we had it lined out where I'm going to tree call to him. I don't typically do that. So we had a plan, 
And then being able to adjust, as you said, when something gets thrown in there, like a hen, or if another hunter had come in from the other side, you know, stuff like that. So those are kind of the keys to success. And I think another thing we had talked about the night before is, okay, what if we hear another bird? Are we going to split up? You know, you're going to get up and go hunt him, or are we going to both hunt this turkey? And we decided we need to both hunt this turkey because we have a good chance at killing him. If the caller is set up 50 yards behind the shooter, if he hangs up at 80, he's still dead. So we decided to go at it with that way, and it worked out. I mean, he may have come on into me in the woods, but I was pretty confident if I'm sitting in the woods 50 yards behind the shooter who's set up on a clearing where a turkey would want to strut, what he's going to do is come to that clearing and throw up his fan and expect every hen in the woods to see him and come into that clearing with him. Mm -hmm. So... My thought is he's going to feel safe coming up to that clearing because he knows the hen's 50 yards away or, or could, you know, potential hunter. I don't know if turkeys think that way, but if he's thinking there could be danger where that sound's coming from, but it's still, you know, a good ways from me. I'm going to go strut on this opening and show myself off. And if a hen's in there, she's going to come out to me. So by doing that, when he comes up there, he's still dead, even though I'm not within shotgun range. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's just kind of some how my brain was working in the situation and things I think that led to the success. And I mean, it just, I don't know how you could start a season off much better than that for both of us. I mean, even though I didn't pull the trigger on him, I got to call in a Turkey on the first day and do the, I mean, I had a full interaction. I mean, you cannot beat that. Yeah. But that's the way I felt about our public land hunt in Mississippi last year. Yeah. I I was just as excited as you were. You killed a turkey on public land in Mississippi, and I was there to help call that bird in. And, you know, even though I didn't squeeze the trigger, hey, that's, I'm not going to say it's a feather in my cap, but I got, the, I got the enjoyment out of that hunt. And I know you did too on that one in Florida. So that, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Even if you're just the caller, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Shooting the bird, putting the bead or, or, sight on the turkey's head and pulling the trigger isn't exactly the hardest thing i i miss plenty of turkeys so i understand people miss but Mm -hmm. that's not exactly the hardest thing i mean the the calling is the that's the hunt so for me i feel just as prideful and happy and pumped i mean adrenaline pumping as i do when i'm shooting when i'm calling for somebody else so it works out great you get two people get to experience the whole thing well And I'm going to disagree with you just a little bit because to me, the hunt is everything that the two of you did to get where you are, where you're calling, the scouting. Absolutely. That's a good point. The planning preseason of, hey, I'm going to Florida. I'm going to go and hunt this place. Then you start to narrow it down. I'm going to focus on this area within this place. Mm -hmm. Then you get boots on the ground and you get in there and you start looking and you're looking for sign and you're covering ground. How many miles did you walk the first day? 14 miles on Friday scouting. Then you're in there at fly up time and you're still working. Oh yeah. Still trying to get a turkey roosted get one to gobble so you can pinpoint the tree. Then you get the tree pinpoint. To me, that's the hunt. And oh, you're you're right. You are <laughs> correct. You have corrected me there because that is absolutely, that's all the work, man. I mean, calling, you're sitting there just conversating with a bird. I mean, all the work 
goes in before you even hear him gobble, you know? Well, and my point of saying all that was not really to correct you. It was just to say, I disagree that for me, that is the hunt. Mm -hmm. You're right. You could take a recording of any of those guys at the NWTF Grand Nationals and put it back behind you 50 yards in the woods and you be between that recording and a roosted turkey, hit the recorder, let that play on a loudspeaker, and I bet you you could kill some turkeys that way. Mm-hmm. But you got to be able to find the turkeys first. And you had never, ever, not one time, stepped foot on that place. And for you guys to get out there and walk your rear ends off and scout and do all the work after you got to that place locate those turkeys and get in there that's the hunt yeah i mean if i had gotten there at 3:45 in the morning and said you know what i'm not getting up to listen we'll just sleep in and then go look for tracks wouldn't have heard any turkeys gobble that morning so it wouldn't have pinpointed an area so i mean you got to sacrifice sleep you got to be willing to work your butt off i mean we i'm on one hour of sleep and i'm walking three and a half miles to find turkeys and then i cover 14 miles in a day never took a nap one I mean, it's determination. You just got to stay after it. <laughs> and that's what ended up working. I mean, till it was literally pitch black dark, I was both of us were determined we were going to find turkeys. I don't know what else to say. I'm extremely excited for you because you had an opportunity to go to Florida and hunt Osceola's. You took advantage of it. You put in the legwork. This is going to sound so funny saying it, but you put in the legwork laying on your back in bed, looking at Onyx. Oh, yeah. Plenty of time on Onyx. For months. Oh, yeah. And familiarizing yourself with the area. And, you know, you it's just a lot of work to do that. And, you know, I'm ex- then to put an exclamation point on the hunt by getting a turkey on opening morning right after flydown is incredible. So I'm yeah. excited for you. I, you know, put that feather in your cap, wear it proudly all season long. But, Absolutely. You know, not many people can do that. So I'd say it may not have been, but had to be pretty close to being the first turkey killed by an adult in Florida because maybe 12 minutes after he flew down. So mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody else out there killed one before him, but. Couldn't have beat us by much. It very well could have been the first turkey killed by an adult legally in Florida. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was, as you, I mean, you hear those wing beats, it's not long. He's coming. I mean, I'm not cutting anything out between those sessions. So it, I think it was about 12 minutes, maybe less, maybe even eight. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, a little precursor for next week to get y'all hyped. The birds in the distance that we'd heard. After we killed John's, took some pictures, high-fived, hugged, went nuts for a little while. Then we sat his gun down, strung the turkey in the tree, and lit out again. And we found him, and things got heated. You are going to love next week's audio. If you like to hear turkeys gobble and hens yelp and turkeys gobble again, and then another turkey gobble on top of that turkey gobbling while a hen's yelping, if you like that kind of thing, you're going to like next week's episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it next week yet i'm ready to record it uh man i'm telling you it i i bet i've listened to it five times I, I listened to it three times just driving home and i replayed it and replayed it i mean it just both hunts 
I mean, one of them is your classic off the wrist hunt, and then the other one is your late morning strike one kind of hunt. And it, it just it was fantastic. I think John is going to join us for next week's show. Sweet. He was the caller on that show. I did not do any calling. And if I say so myself, he did a great job. He's going to come on and talk to us about why he did what he did. I'm assuming kind of like I've gone through today, why, what my brain was thinking, why I called that way, why I sat there, why I did this. He's going to do that for us because I was just a shooter. My role was to pull the trigger and get set up in the right position. And so we'll let you know how it plays out next week. We got a great show and it is action packed and the audio from it is not exactly very long which is a good thing. Very cool. Well, again, congratulations to you. That is no small feat. I know the work and the effort that went into that, and then to make it happen is incredible. So I'm excited. It was one of my, probably one of my proudest, you know, turkeys, because it did require, I would say, the most legwork. And not to say the the hunt itself came pretty easily, honestly. (laughs) You know, I mean, you can't get much better than 12 minutes off the limb. But like you described, there was a lot more that went into it than that. So a lot of people might say, oh, it was easy for him. He killed him 12 minutes into the season, but it was not easy. It was it was brutal. We slept out there in the woods with him just so we would have a head start on all the other hunters. And so we would be right there. And it was in Florida. It got down to 42 degrees that night. And that's cold. And we were not prepared for cold weather. So we probably averaged maybe three hours of sleep. So I'm on four hours of sleep from the two past nights hunting this turkey. So it was intense, man. I mean, we we put it all out there and got rewarded for it. A lot of times you don't get rewarded for it, but we did this time. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Sweet. Well, I'm looking forward to next week and hearing that hunt and getting to pick John's brain as well. Thank you for sharing this hunt with us. I hope that you and I have a lot more audio to share with the listeners from this coming season. I can tell you that not only are the listeners going to get a hunt again next week, but they're going to have another hunt the week after that because... Of the three of us with recorders recording our hunts for this season, two have already seen birds die. Mm-hmm. And I am not one of those two. <laughs> so Scott you got McDonald, some ground to catch up on. I do. You're right. But Scott McDonald will be joining us in a couple of weeks to talk about his hunt, which was Mississippi's youth hunt. And I'm looking forward to getting Scott on here and hearing the story of his hunt. I always love to hear a story about a successful ute hunt yeah uh you can't beat that i bet i bet we'll get some pretty good audio of that kid you know celebrating i bet he was fired up i mean i still feel like a little kid when a turkey comes into range but (laughs) those those youth hunts like that can be pretty awesome no doubt very cool well that's fantastic man i think I think we got a lot of good stuff to come for these listeners. I hope you all enjoy the hunts because I think those will be some of our most educational tools for how to hunt turkeys because you're getting to literally hear how we're calling and how we're setting up and everything on these turkeys. So I think it's a good thing for everybody. Plus, I get to relive my hunt over and over again as I edit the audio, and I'm cool with that too. Yeah, no doubt. That that can be pretty fun. So, very good. 
Well, you guys listening to the show, don't forget, if you're not members of the NWTF, join. Send me your membership confirmation to andy at imturkeyhunting.com. Don't forget to record your owl hoot. Post it on Instagram. Post it on Facebook. Tag me and or Cameron. Don't forget that you can listen to the entire hunt with Cameron and John by buying the premium single episode by going to theturkeyhunterpodcast.com and clicking on episode 280PS. And with that said, do you have a calling tip for us this week since you have slain a wild turkey? (laughs) My calling tip for this week is just to repeat what I said earlier. I mean, morph your calling to the situation and try to sound like that receptive hen is ready to go when he flies down. I think that can be a really good thing. You don't always have to be conservative. You can be that loudmouth hen who is just begging for him to come over there. And sometimes that's what kills him. Indeed. Very good, sir. So our favor of this week that we're going to ask of you is to share the link for this week's episode on your social media platforms that you're on. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it happens to be. If you'll take the link for this week's show and say something to the extent of, hey guys, listen into this episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast where you can hear Cameron on an Osceola turkey hunt. If you'll post that for us, Cameron and I both would be very appreciative. Yeah, please do. And I'm going to post that link in an Instagram post that I will put up probably next Wednesday. I usually post them on Wednesdays of the following week. So if you want to, you know, share that through your Instagram stories, and I'll, I'll also maybe post it on Facebook. Those are ways you can easily share it. But I think a lot of people would probably enjoy hearing a turkey hunt because <laughs> it's probably not wise to watch a turkey mm-hmm. hunt while driving to hunt. But you can listen to one. So if you are headed to Mississippi on Friday or Thursday to scout, and you got a long drive ahead of you to hunt, you can listen to somebody turkey hunt and get you fired up for that season opener this weekend. So good luck to everybody in Mississippi. Hope y'all have a great season opener. It looks like it might be a wet one, but I hope y'all get on some turkeys. Yeah, please be safe out there too. You guys that are getting out in the woods to hunt, just remember you cannot take a shot back. Absolutely. And there is no turkey around worth having to live the rest of your life knowing that you've hurt someone. So be safe out there, and Cameron and I will see you guys next week. That's all we've got for you guys this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.